0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it was opening day for the Detroit Tigers, which is a holiday for Tigers fans like me. And so, of course, I was in front of the TV that afternoon watching the game, watching as they slowly came back from 4-0 and by the bottom of the ninth, they were down 4-3. to three. They tied up the game. They were rallying. They had a guy on third base, the winning run on third base with two outs. The guy comes up to bat, hits a long fly ball, deep, 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 caught at the wall. Game over. Tigers lose. Or so we thought. There was hope. The Tigers manager comes out of the dugout and asks the umpires to look at the replay. And so as the umpires are huddled up looking at the replay, they show the replay of a big jumbo Jumbotron, and the crowd erupts with joy because they saw that the ball had actually hit in the wall first and then caught. And so the umpires saw that as well and came out and said it was actually a hit. And so the run scores, the Tigers win, thanks to the replay. Now, if you like sports as much as I do, you know that replay has certainly changed things in in sports and how they get the calls right, they look to the replay. But it's not just in sports that video changes things either, right? It seems like almost anywhere you go that it's on video, whether it's on someone's cell phone, a surveillance video, a dashboard camera, or body cameras, And these things can be certainly put to good use, as there's certainly been many crimes solved using this kind of technology. It also can be a bad thing, because our every misstep or misstatement can be captured on video and played back over and over again. But in one sense, this really isn't a new thing. Maybe in one sense it is the advancement of technology that we have bringing this, uh, you know, to bring us to this point of relying on video. But in another way, it really is nothing new, because it's a tool that the devil has been using for ages. Because if you're like me, the devil keeps replaying the videos of your sins in your mind, over and over again. He doesn't want you to forget. He doesn't want you to forget all the mistakes that you've made, all the regrets that you have, all the shortcomings, and all the failures. For me, it's all the things that I've done or failed to do as a father, husband, son, or pastor. Those things which, if I could do it all over again, I certainly would. And many times I wish I could, but I can't. And even if I could, I know that I'd either fail in the same way again or find some new, spectacularly different way to fail. Satan has all the evidence that he needs about how I've failed. And he loves to replay it for me. Loves to remind me of that. Things that other people know, things that no one else knows. Little things, big things. And the devil loves to say, see, remember Look to the reward. Now, if I'm thinking it's like that for me, then I'm sure it's probably like that for you. And it was probably like that for the disciples in our gospel text as well. We pick up in our text where Jesus, risen from the dead, appears to them. We we heard that last week. They saw him, his hands in his side, and he ate with them. He was no ghost. He was truly risen. He was risen from the dead. They should have been happy. And they were. But the replay. That replay kept going over and over in their minds. Peter's video was of his denials. And how he wished he could go back and do that all over again. For Thomas, it was his doubting. What kind of disciple was he? Nathaniel, he was the one, uh, if you remember, who said, Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? James and John, they were the ones who wanted the two seats of honor at Jesus' right and left. Have they really had the nerve to ask for that? And the other disciples, too, surely had things running through their heads as well, their own regrets and failures playing in their heads over and over again. So Peter says, I'm going fishing. And the others say, we'll go with you. Maybe that will get their minds off of things. And that night they caught nothing. So we see them failures as disciples, failures as fishermen as well. But just as Jesus had come to them three years before, so he comes to them again. And he provides for them again. This story that we have in our gospel text is so full of reminders, a replay of the past. First was that day that Jesus called them to be fishers of men. They'd been out fishing that night too. And like this night, had caught nothing. Then Jesus told them to let the nets down on the other side of the boat. And just like this morning, the fish came to them. It was like an instant replay. And then when Peter got to the shore, there was Jesus with a charcoal fire going. You know, they say that smell is the greatest trigger for memory. Well, guess what Peter was warming himself around in the courtyard when the, of the high priest not so many days before this when all he could do was deny, deny, deny smelling of the charcoal was almost like making that video replay flash back in his mind and then jesus feeds them and he feeds them bread and fish just as he had fed the 5,000 and then the 4,000 it's almost as if nothing had changed yet everything had changed they the disciples hadn't changed they were still sinners Those memories were certainly alive and well. And in a sense, Jesus hadn't changed. He was still doing the things that he had done before. Yet he had changed too. He had died and risen from the dead. But he would still be here for them. He still loved them. He still wanted them. He still had compassion on them and forgave them. And although they may not know what to do, He did. And those disciples, they needed to learn that it was not their faithfulness. It was not their obedience, not their success, not their dedication that makes the difference. But rather Christ. He did it for them. And he still would. He still would forgive them, raise them, use them. And so it was for the other apostle that we heard about today as well, Saul. We heard the story of his conversion, how Jesus came to him while he was on his way to arrest and persecute more Christians. But Jesus let him know when you persecute them, you're persecuting Christ, for they are members of his body. So what you do to them, you do to Christ. And Saul is struck blind, He can see nothing he can do nothing they lead him into the city of Damascus where for three days he sits in darkness praying for three days he sits in darkness with I'm sure the video replays in his mind that would live over and over all that he had done all the persecution all the evil all the faces of those people he had arrested and pulled off to jail replay over and over again so what do you think he was praying for? In a moment of time, he had gone from Saul, the strong leader, to Saul, the weak and helpless.
1: From Saul, the zealot, to
0: Saul, the fearful. From Saul, the successful, to Saul, the one who needed mercy. And mercy is exactly what Jesus had come to give to him. Saul could do nothing. But Jesus had come to give him everything. He sends Ananias to preach to him, to baptize him, and to give the gift of the Holy Spirit and feed him. Jesus gives him and the others a new video to replay in their minds. Not of their sins and failures and regrets, but of his triumph, of his forgiveness and grace you know what? That's the replay that Jesus gives to each and every one of us as well. We may not be able to stop Satan from replaying those horrible videos in our minds that show us how sinful and unworthy and unqualified we are to be Christians. But every week we come back here to this place and we hear and we see something else. New images put into our minds. That like the disciples, we learn that it's not our faithfulness, it's not our obedience, it's not our success, it's not our dedication that makes the difference. But rather it's Christ. It's his faithfulness, his obedience, his victory and success, and his dedication. That's what makes the difference. That's the image we're given today uh, in the book of Revelation as well. Who is worthy, the cry goes out, to open the scroll and break its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able. In other words, no one, any place in all creation is worthy. Not one. And Satan has the replay to prove it. But then look, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered And what is seen? A lamb standing, as though it had been slain. But it's not slain dead, lying on the ground or on an altar. It's standing, living. Bloody? Yes. Pierced? Yes. But living. And then our song, joining the song of heaven. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing that brothers and sisters in Christ is the video that Satan doesn't want you to replay over and over again he doesn't want you to see that or hear that so he'll try to keep you away from this place and to keep it out of your mind he'll try to keep replaying those videos of your sin and how you're not worthy and he's right in that we're not worthy but here Here we see the one who is worthy. Worthy for you. Here for you. To mercy you. To absolve you. To wash you. To cleanse you. To raise you with himself. To give you who are unholy his holiness. To give you who are unworthy his worthiness. To give you who are dead his life. To give us, who are spiritual orphans, his sonship. That no matter what your past, no matter what your video replay shows, in him, in Christ, you have a glorious future. So while Satan may keep replaying the video of your sins over and over in your mind, know this truth. That video, it's been erased in heaven. Those sins, those videos no longer exist in Christ. They've been erased with his blood, buried in his tomb. So Peter's denials, forgiven. Thomas's doubting, gone. Saul's persecution, what persecution? And your sin, separated from you as far as the east is from the west. And so Easter means for us that we have a glorious future now and forever. We've been set free from the past to forgive, to be forgiven, to live without fear, to hit the delete button for others who have sinned against us. That is the joy of Easter, the joy of Easter that continues in our lives each and every day as we live in Christ. The joy of our risen Savior for you and for all. The joy that enables us to proclaim, not just on Easter, but every single day, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.